What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Wednesday morning, January 10th, 2024. It's the Beating the Book podcast wild card megapod. It's Gil Alexander pumped. This is, I think this is my favorite week. I really do. Of all football season, I think this is my favorite week. Uh, we join, or we are joined, as always, on the podcast by the staples of the show from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, who just discovered that a college basketball game is on now, so he's going to be completely distracted. It's Todd Wishnev, star of the Showtime docuseries Action. Todd, good morning. Hi, Gilly. How are you? I am in a good mood. Last night, I crushed them in the college in-game. Best night of the season. 13 wins and only four losses. You wow. gotta love college basketball. <laughs> yes, you do. And the guy who just told him there was a game on and now I'm mad at him. Uh, Will Hill, star of the uh, Bear Bets podcast. Chris Velika's operation over there at Fox Sports. Both pro, uh, pro and college football uh, versions. And he now has his own podcast. He has resurrected a podcast. It's called Should a Bet More, where his latest guest is uh, the great Steve Fezzik. It's Will Hill, everybody. I listened to that to that mediocre podcast last night, and I'll be honest, uh, it's maybe a slightly better than this one, but not much better. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll take it. Uh, I'll just I'll just tell the listeners now, if you don't want updates of IUPUI versus Green Bay on a Wednesday afternoon, then maybe turn the podcast off right now because you're probably going to be getting them. That's right. When you're listening to this on Friday, you don't want updates yeah. of this game. Yeah. No, no uh, spoiler alerts. Exactly. All right. We always uh, have our best for the playoffs. No offense to uh, those that don't get into the playoff uh, megapods, but those from the regular season. Uh, this gentleman uh, joins us from Sumer Sports, where he is uh, sort of like uh, – enveloped by this interesting green background at Sumer Sports. Uh, he'll explain. I don't know what that is. Like, is There it is. Beautiful for those watching this on camera. It's Dr. Eric Eager. How you doing, Eric? Gil, I'm doing great. Uh, we we uh, hit a milestone at Sumer Sports. We have our first ever uh, playoff preview. If you go to sumersports.com, we have a 125-page uh, free playoff preview. I, I'm really excited for it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here, too. Thanks for having me on. Dude, I'm looking at your. I'm looking at the Sumer Sports playoff preview right now. This is tough to turn around quickly, isn't it? Or do you guys have like the sort of machinations ready to go that you can just pump it out? Yeah, we. I mean, we have so many like uh, algorithm. I mean, our website is powered, you know, by a bunch of different like data feeds and algorithms and stuff. So we just, uh, yeah, kind of hit the buttons, and we have a great designer, uh, Lucy Kent, 
uh, who who creates all the great uh, figures and everything. So we just we have we we have Lucy build all the the great uh, football fields and all the stuff that. Uh, you know, uh, goes up on them. So yeah, it's it's a it's a really uh, it's a great operation we have here. Ten thousand NFL playoff simulations, team stats, overviews, offense, defense, breakdowns. What's the quickest way that people can get this? By the way, where do they go? Yeah, if you go to sumersports.com, uh, there's there's a uh, a button there. Just to go to playoff preview, and then uh, we do want you to sign up. We do want you to sign up for our newsletter. Um, but everything is free. So w once you do that, you will get the, the playoff preview uh, right there, uh, you know, in your email inbox. And uh, yeah, and then we will have a, a Super Bowl preview uh, that comes out the Tuesday of the Super Bowl uh, because myself and my boss, Thomas Dimitrov, the former uh, Falcons GM, uh, will be on Radio Row, hopefully uh, seeing some of you guys in Vegas. Uh, yeah. And we'll be handing those out as well. I think I'm only there Thursday and Friday, though. For radio, Row. got it. So, you're are you skipping town, or are you, or are you, are you, are you at home base uh, the whole week, and then going to Radio Row later in the week? Home base, Radio Row later in the week, and then as soon as my Monday morning show is done, the morning after, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge. That's how I it mean goes that. That's the way to do it, right? And yeah. then and then going, you know, you're going to like Machu Picchu or something like that, right? How did you guess Machu Picchu? Or Miami. Uh, one well, or the Mississippi other. Grind is maybe one of the better, low-key, you know, low better gambling movies of all time, right? <laughs> Which one is it? Mississippi Grind? Mississippi Grind, yes. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah. yeah, really good movie. Uh, okay, so now final records for the regular season. Todd, do you have those handy? We'll do the final records in a moment. I would first like to take to task. I feel like uh, Dr. Eric Eager is not one of our guests who's you know slightly insecure about their intelligence. So I feel he could take some incoming because oh. he's a very bright man. Wow. But, um, Last time he was on, we gave him props because the year before, we all thought the Chiefs were in trouble, and he set us straight and said, no, the Chiefs are not in trouble. The Chiefs are good, and he ended up being right, and we were all wrong, and we gave him due credit. However, for that, however Dr. Oh, wow. Eager, you were on this show earlier this season and said that the Arizona Cardinals would intentionally try to tank and not win any more games. And I don't think that's what happened. Your thoughts, sir. Wow. Todd, now, okay, true. However, if you go to <laughs> sumersports.com, I, I went over my season win totals, and my algorithm actually had – so I I lost an underbet on Seattle and an overbet on Arizona on my on my numbers. Not Again, my, my narratives, yes, did say Arizona was tanking, but my numbers – I lost an overbet on Arizona and an underbet on Seattle on the same kick on the last game of the season. So the Arizona still went under their win total, right, a four and a half. So I believe, yeah, I believe that we were talking about it though when when I think it had already come down and we were like, hey, should we take Arizona? Because um, I was thinking yeah. about taking the wins no, over it, and you were like, no, no, they're going to try to lose, they're going to lose, they're going to lose. I was wrong in midseason. I was absolutely wrong. Uh, they brought in Murray, and Murray played pretty well, and Jonathan Gannon, uh, pretty good coach. By the way, Will had the opposite of that 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 uh, Arizona uh, experience with uh, Seattle. Will, you threaded the needle on that, right? Arizona under four and a half, Seattle over eight and a half, Seattle under nine and a half, and Arizona plus three for the game. Oh, now, once Seattle got the one point lead, I took a nice chunk of Arizona money line, like plus 168 to just lock in like, uh, hey, I'm going to get something good here. But man, uh, and of course, once he missed the kick, oh, I should have just let it road. But man, what a sequence, because uh, you can attest this thing. Gil and, and Wishnev, we're in the same text thread where I was like, 
They were down seven. You're trying to think when you have a middle setup, you're trying to think the whole way. How can you get that middle? And Arizona misses the kick. They were up seven. Arizona was gashing them about to put the game away. Seattle gets the ball back. They'd already been eliminated. Green Bay won. I said, you know what? Maybe if they get a touchdown, they're out of it. Maybe they just go for two and win by one. And that is exactly what happened. They survived the missed kick by one, not one, but two missed kicks by Prater. And by Prater. That was, a, that was a middle. And I also vowed to not complain about a bad beat. What was my promise? This was, you, you oh. know how you get in the bargaining stage of yes. these bets where yes. you're about to hit a big one and you start making all these promises. <laughs> I vow not to complain a bad beat if I win this one. So I have to uh, to live up to that and not complain about any bad beats for a long time now, which is unfortunate. You have to, you have to shut up about bad beats now for a while. Yes. Uh, the the yes. Prater thing is fascinating, though, because I did have, and this is no surprise, I'm sure it wasn't just on my end, but I got w at least one tweet during a numbers game this week where someone was convinced that Prater was told to miss these kicks. Yeah, I mean, come on. You believe it? If they No, if they wanted oh, okay. to lose, it was say. very simple. They yeah. could have just sat Murray down the last week, yeah. the last two weeks. I mean, they're down 15 versus Philly on the road at halftime, and they came st storming back and win that game. Like, uh, no, I mean, yeah. you could have been a lot more, you, you could have said, Hey, and, th and they wouldn't have gotten killed for it. If, like, Hey, Murray's coming off an injury. We finally saw him play. You know what? We, we got to see him. He's good to go. Clayton tune. How about you play these next two games? They didn't do that. They played hard. I, th I do think we have to keep that in mind for next year. Cause I'm guilty of this too. Like, you know, these teams like the Broncos get off to bad starts, the Patriots, like, Oh, they're going to tank. They're going to care about the pick. These teams don't care about the pick. We saw this last year with the Texans. We see it all these times, like once in a while, you'll get chargers Raiders on Thursday night where the chargers just sort of quit. But for the most part, these teams don't tank. These, these teams play hard. Yep. Players, never the players. And I agree with you about the prayer yeah. thing. I just wanted to bring up how where where betters brains go. Um, and I'm just trying to get back to Todd. Like, I can't remember what week you were, Eric, on the Megapod. But I do think that, like, the one thing that I will say is Josh Dobbs was – and I know he was better at the beginning with Arizona, but I didn't think his play leveled off that much with Arizona. And then they traded him. And I, I did think that was peculiar at the time. So I remember being in Eric's headspace also where I was just like, that seemed – yeah. Yeah, the funniest part, the funniest part, because, you know, I have a lot of friends, you know, I'm from Minnesota, I have a lot of friends that that are, live there. Josh Dobbs yards per pass attempt in Arizona, 5.9. Josh Dobbs yards per pass attempt in Arizona, Arizona 5.9, Minnesota 5.9. Um, Tennessee <laughs> wow. last year in two starts, 6.0. He's the same quarterback everywhere he goes. And, so. and, and yet, like I think in the end, Kevin O'Connell screwed himself with Josh Dobbs. Oh. Well, I was at that Atlanta game where he came back. If the Vikings don't win that game, they pick sixth. This yeah, year. right. Yeah, and 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 he won. I remember the time I said I remember on the radio the next day. I was like, he won that game. I think it was that game, and I was like, Kirk Cousins wouldn't have won this game. Like Dobbs made these plays that were just unbelievable, and you're like, wow, that's it. and then. I guess he just became Josh Dobbs again, where it's like, okay, one read and then tuck it under and run. And Kevin O'Connell just became so, so just pissed about that, that he became third string. And then I would argue that the rest of the way, when Minnesota was just doing nothing but losing football games, it almost like was the worst. <laughs> I felt like I felt like they should have gone Nick Mullins between the twenties and then and, you know you know hit the arm and be like, okay, Dobbs, come in here and make some ridiculous play and get in the end zone. But obviously, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's hard because I, I think of this too. Like, remember when Teddy Bridgewater tore his knee in, at the beginning of 2016 and they traded a first round pick for Sam Bradford 
And then 2017, you know, they they almost made the Super Bowl. They really would have probably wanted that first round pick, right? They could have taken, you know, any number. They could have taken Patrick Mahomes, right? And then, you know, uh, you know, because that ended up being what the 14th pick, and they probably could have traded up and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, but good luck trying to sell your fan base on just tanking on a season with all that talent. And it it, it is complicated, right? Yeah. When your quarterback goes down, and it is. It, 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 we all say tank, but. You know, the these it's much more complicated than that in many cases. It is everything, and I think it. I think it basketball it's so much easier too because you could like phys- football physically you'll get hurt. You can't do that. Like you just you get hurt if you go out there and go seventy five percent basketball. You could play guys out of position. You could just you know throw your power forward at point guard and say you're experimenting. You can mess with your rotations a little bit in basketball where it's more subtle. I think there was a game where the Timberwolves had Mark uh, Mark Madsen shoot five threes in a game in the 82nd yes. game and that was like that's what you do like and, and you know and you can't have like you can't play like uh you know randy moss a quarterback you just can't like that's right you know you just can't uh real quick before we get to the records then uh where do you stand on the bears they should they should get move along from justin fields Yeah, this is one where unless you get like a Herschel Walker type trade for the first pick, which I from what I'm hearing, you're not Drake May is not all that much worse than Caleb Williams, if if at all. Right. So I don't think you're going to get the the type of trade even that they got last year for the first pick. So I think you really have to keep the first pick and take the quarterback that you that you think is better and um, move on from fields. And I think the skins do the same at two. Whoever, they, whoever the Bears pick, they pick the other guy. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Todd, what do you got? 
I'm distressed because I just tried to bet the first half over in IUPUI, and it looks like I'm limited. But then I bet the full game, and I wasn't limited. So one of my books, that Uh-oh. could be really bad. Uh-oh. Anyways. Uh-oh. Um, so uh, anyways, Dr. Eager, I appreciate you, uh, you know, able to take a little ribbing there. Um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't uh, go as hard against other people who I feel are insecure about their opinions. Anyways, and that's a compliment. Uh, anyways, the, the let's go to the records. Uh, Gilly had, I mean, a shocking one and two week. I oean, this shocking. is a guy 34, 16 and one coming in and somehow he goes one and two. I mean, what happened to this guy? A complete collapse when the guy, he throws up three and O's every week. It's like, what's a one and two. I mean, I don't even understand what that is. So Gilly goes one and two to finish his epic season. His run to the roses, 35, 18 and one, just a gaudy, ridiculous number. 35, 18 and one. We have to give him a standing ovation for that. Bravo. Great wow. job. It's actually standing. standing. My God. Standing ovation. You Thank gotta, you. You got to stand because I, I don't think we'll see that again on the Megapod for many, many years. Um, That's so the number. Great to be. job, Gilly. Thank you, sir. 35, 18 and one. Willie had a nice week, two and one, went to 28 and 26. I had a horrible week, 0 oh and three, to fall to 25, 26 and three. And the guest seat also had a horrible week going 0 and 3, going to 26, 25 and 3. Uh, now, in the more important teaser category, which everyone knows is way more important than the regular, uh, <laughs> me, Will, and the guest all went 13 and 5 this season. So outstanding job by us. Oh, nice. Gilly went a lackluster 11 and 7. So bad. So much worse than you guys. So it's extremely much. lackluster if you think about it. All right. So then. It remind now, me, thought, it's two picks you know, way, this week, right? Two picks. Right, that's we, two picks and a teaser, yeah. Okay. And um, before we get to the picks, can I just talk real quick about um, uh, two in-games that were really nice last week? Well, it's your show, Todd. You do whatever you want. Go ahead. Okay. So it, since it's my show, um, here's the thing. Last week, we had these third quarters. I'm really getting more and more interested in these books that put up the third quarter, especially when they put up a money line as opposed to a spread. And um, like the Packers game against the Bears, which I felt was like a masterpiece bet by me, the Packers were getting the ball first after a first half where the Bears went 10 plays, 37 yards for a field goal. Then the Packers went 12 plays, 52 yards and missed the field goal. Then the Bears went five and out. Then the Packers went 11 plays, 92 yards for a touchdown. Then the Bears went 11 plays, 45 yards, barely four yards of play, got a field goal. And then the Green Bay went seven for 56 and got nothing and was only winning seven, six at the half. And now they put up. So to me, Packers dominating, but only winning seven, six. Now they put up third quarter, like minus 130 Packers and the Packers are getting the ball first. To me, this was screaming off the page. And of course it came in very easily as the Packers took the first, you know, drive down in the third quarter and scored a touchdown. But the, and the other one was very similar to this Browns Bengals Bengals were getting the ball first in the third quarter. Bengals were dominating this football game beyond any metric you could ever see. It was ridiculous. I think it was 24, nothing at the half might've been 31, nothing. Anyways, no, it's 24, nothing Bengals getting the ball first. And it was only minus 162. I mean, give me a break. Getting the ball first in the third quarter is a gigundous advantage. 
because especially because if you score a touchdown, you're almost for sure you can't lose. It's great. Advice. So anyways, it's great. Advice. Those were some really good yeah. uh, third quarter stuff. And if you have books, now a lot of these books just put up a spread for third quarter. But if you have books that will put third quarter up money lines, you got to take advantage of those. Give an idea of the books that have these regularly. Caesars does. Who else? Well, Caesars, do they have a money line or they have a three-way? They have, they a, have, they a, have a three-way, actually. They have a three-way a lot. Right. Yeah. I like the ones where – I like the books where they have the three-way but then also the two-way Yeah, because where I've, you have the money line. I've lost on the three-way a couple times where I'm like, wait, how did I not win? Oh, that's right. It's a right. three-way. Because you're really giving yeah. a half. Yeah. If you think about it, you're minus a half on the three ways. Uh, about your two uh, games. Three, that you, well, about three ways can be tricky. Yeah. About your two. <laughs> I see what he did. Uh, about your uh, the two games you just mentioned, the Driscoll versus Browning game. Just I, I, I had this thought in my head. I wasn't betting it, but I just thought, what is it about, like, the trajectory of quarterbacks like that, right? They're both – neither is a starting quarterback. But Browning has gotten to the point in his career where he gets it. And Driscoll has gotten to the point in the career where he looks like he has no clue whatsoever. And it gets back to the Jordan Love thing, I think, for me, which is – that was one of my good calls this year, which is I, I said all offseason last year because people were killing. Remember, the conventional wisdom was Jordan Love sucks. He's not going to be any killing. good. Yeah, I and, was killing him all year. And I kept using my Washington skins thing, which is Mark Rippon held the clipboard for years. Trent Green held a clipboard for years. Stan Humphreys held a clipboard for years. If you get to, back in the old days of football, if you got to do that under the same system, you usually turned out pretty good on the other side. And the way that it works these days, you don't get to see that very often with the economic structure of how you pay these guys. And Jordan Love was that rare exception where he got to stay in the same system for two years, same quarterback, same system. He turned out pretty damn good. He's really good right now. Fifth, that's and even like, yeah, but Gil, that's even like Mason Rudolph has been like, okay, right? And he got to like, but that's the point, though. Even Jordan Love, like, the situation was kind of awkward because before he really even was the starter, they had to consider his fifth year option because of the economics, is your, your point, Gil, right? Because you have you draft a guy and he's cheap for he's cheap for three years, and then you got to think about his third, his fifth year option, and you know, and but and you know, when you draft a quarterback high 20 years ago, Sam Bradford was $50 million guaranteed, right? So you actually had, like, drafting and developing a quarterback was a sensible alternative to drafting a quarterback high, whereas, you know, if you draft Sam Darnold, drafting Zach Wilson is, like, a good, you know, is is a cheap alternative to that, right? Because, you know, high-end picks are cheap. And that's, like, kind of the reason, right, is that they, they've made the new CBA – yeah. You know, in addition to the third quarterback rule going away, which means that they, you can't, you, teams don't really, and now they put brought it back, but it's going to take years before teams start to see the, you know, the benefits of that. Like teams have really like kind of worked with the incentives that the league has put in place, which has really been, you know, bad for, you know, young developing quarterbacks. And and I would argue has deteriorated the qual the overall quality of play we often see in this league. From week to week. I mean, and there were a few weeks this year I remember just thinking, like, remember that really early on, I remember, like, week two, I came in Monday morning, and I thought, I was like, wow. Maybe it wasn't week two, but it was one of those early weeks where you're like, that felt like work watching all those games the previous day. It was so bad, the quality of play from top to bottom. 
and I don't remember many of those in, in the past, but there, there are now times like that where it just feels like the quality has, has sunk, and it maybe it starts with what you were just talking about. But think about the quarterbacks that were in Super Bowls in like the early aughts. It's like Kurt Warner was a backup. Rich Gannon was a backup. Jake DeLone was a backup. Uh, Brad Johnson was a backup at one point. Like uh, Matt Hasselbeck was a backup. Dilfer. And now like all the guys are, you know, first round picks with the exception of a few guys. And it's like, it's just, it is like, it's not a developmental league anymore. Yeah. So we got into it on the air the, with a tweeter this morning. He was like, uh, you know, Brent, he was like saying, Brent, Brent Musburger's right. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't even draft a quarterback in the first round. And I, I countered with Tom Brady has skewed everybody's thinking on that. Like typically, unless I guess Russell Wilson's the other exception, you do not win a Super Bowl unless you have a quarterback who's drafted in the first round. It doesn't happen. Um, very rare. Very yeah. rare. Very rare. This ain't the old NFL where, like, Bart Starr, who was drafted in the 17th round, which I think is accurate, by the way, uh, wins the Super Bowl. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, does that bring us to our best bets? Is that where we are? Yeah, because there's no uh, early games. We're in the playoffs. Damn it. Let's do this. So uh, playoff format consists of only six games, two on Saturday. The second, first, the two on Saturday. The Houston Texans in their historical, traditional, early Saturday time slot. Apparently the Texans now, in their seventh playoff appearance ever, have been in this time slot every single time. Uh, that's followed by the Peacock game. Todd's got some things to say about that. Between the Chiefs and the Dolphins, where the temperatures are expected to be hella cold, to use the old Bay Area term, uh, zero degrees, I'm hearing, with uh, a wind chill of negative 18 kind of thing. Good luck, Miami, with uh, five defensive starters out uh, into those conditions. Those are the two on Saturday. And then Sunday, a triple header followed by the Monday night game between the Eagles and the Bucks, which... Looks like the Drek game, but is interesting in its own right because of that. Eric, what is your first best bet, sir? In this game, I, so in in this slate, I like Miami and Kansas City. I know I'm not getting the best of it anymore, but I still like this number quite a bit. I like under 44 in that in Miami, Kansas City. Because of the weather conditions, primarily? Well, 
primarily, but I, I think when you look at, there's a couple things. Um, you know, Kansas City is not an explosive offense passing the football anymore. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to basically take on, uh, you know, he's basically going to take on, uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey. So it's going to be Rasheed Rice. Um, but in the in the running game, and that's where the Chiefs have gotten explosive plays uh, now in their offense. Miami has given up only 14 runs uh, of 15 yards or more. That's fourth best in the NFL, uh, which is a good number. In the passing game, where you know Miami gets explosive plays in both sides of the ball, uh, passing and running. But the Chiefs are tied uh, it, it, for first in the NFL with only 39 passing plays allowed of 20 yards or more. Um, with only 39. So I think both teams are really good at limiting the type of plays that uh, really have to happen if you are going to, you know, sort of hit, uh, you know, hit an over in the NFL this year. And so uh, th that's kind of what I like. And then obviously you add to that, uh, you know, you know, the the, the weather, uh, the fact that Tua Tungavailoa is not a particularly, uh, you know, uh, great passer, you know, of the football in, in weather conditions. The one the one game that is obviously counter to this is when they played kind of right around New Year's last year. Miami went to Buffalo, lost 32-29. Uh, but in that game, Raheem Mostert had a 62-yard run. Uh, and Salvin Ahmed uh, back then averaged seven yards a carry in that game. The Chiefs' run defense has been a little bit gooey this year. They're 30th in EPA allowed. That is the one leak to this entire thing. Um, but uh, explosive run plays are, you know, there's sort of two sides of the same coin. The Chiefs have pretty good safeties. And if they can tackle, as long as they don't give up long touchdown runs, I think that they can hold them to field goals. And as you guys know, field goals are, are kind of like the, the under's best friend. Uh, for the just the weather, excuse me, not the weather update, but the injury update on the Dolphins, Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert expected to play on offense, but on defense, again, just going through the, uh, the MASH unit, five defensive starters gone for the Dolphins, four for the entire postseason, no matter how far the Dolphins go. Uh, Bradley Chubb with his ACL, Jalen Phillips with the Achilles, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle with a foot injury, uh, Jerome Baker with a wrist injury, and also for this game specifically, Xavier Howard, their cornerback with a foot injury. I mean, that is, that is damn near half your starters on defense. But of course, Chiefs haven't done anything offensively of any real repute this year as well. That's a fascinating game. It's funny in that game, well, we'll get into best bets, but that game for me, I made an early bet on Miami, and as the week has gone on, I'm just sort of like, that might be the answer to my question at the end of, of what game I don't want any part of. I, I just have no idea what to expect from this game. Dodd, what's your number one best bet, sir? The first thing I'll say is the NFL Chazer owners, Chazer means pig in Hebrew, and you call somebody a Chazer when he takes like it's, the last May, four may, may I just interject? It's, it's actually pronounced Chazer, but Todd speaks of a Kakta kind of Hebrew. That is a Yiddish influence. I speak of Fagazi. Yeah. It's a Fagazi Hebrew. Yeah. Anyways. The uh, you know if you take four let's say there's four pieces of chicken on the on the you know plate and you take three for yourself that's called being a chazer and so you know the NFL owners they don't have enough money 
Their business is very bad. They're only <laughs> worth eight bazillion dollars each. And, you know, they're having a hard time. And now they have girls watching the games, too, because Taylor Swift's involved. So they don't really have enough eyeballs watching all the advertisements. So their TV contracts are going to go down. And I feel bad for them. So, of course, they have to make us pay for another goddamn streaming service in order to watch a playoff game. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you, in college basketball, the Mountain West does it right. You can go on the MW.com. You can watch all the games, Utah State, San Jose State, San Diego State, whoever you want to watch anytime. you. And then there's other conferences that just don't get it, like South Dakota's in some conference you try to pull up the game that says, oh, you don't have access to this content. Or Flow Hoops wants you to watch the Monmouth game. Who's paying $29 a month to watch Monmouth against Towson? Give me a goddamn break with the streaming nonsense. My God. Are anyway. you, am I getting a call from you this weekend asking for my password? Is that what's going to happen? Is that what we're about no, to say? I've, I've already utilized you for as many streaming services as I possibly could. Um, By the way, so, if, you're, if, you are in, if you are in Kansas City and Miami, you do get, you do get to watch this on local TV, though. Which you point oh, okay. Out. I'll fly down there. No problem. Um, anyways, the uh, my first pick is going to be... Uh, ooh, it's so hard. I, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers plus, I believe I get seven and a half points. Am I right? Yes, you are correct. And a hook. Yep. Packers plus seven and a half. Uh, by the way, er Eric's was under 44. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Minus so 105. Packers... You can get it at various okay. places. Pack I'm going to take Packers plus the seven and a half. Um, and I'm going to take the Packers because I just think, like you said, look, I was wrong. Jordan Love, I was banging on Jordan Love about how bad he was at Utah State and how bad he was when he first came in the NFL. He has really, really opened my eyes. I think he's an excellent quarterback now. They're running the ball also. That's the other thing. People don't really – they give it to that Aaron Jones. He gets five, six yards a crack. So the, the Packers are good on offense. I still think their defense is a little suspect, but I think they're good enough on offense. And the thing is we know the Cowboys can give up millions of points. Remember that Seattle Monday night game where they you know, they let them go right up and down the field? So I have a, I have a feeling this is probably going to be an up and down the field battle. But you're asking now seven and a half points against a team that will, I think, be able to score. I mean, this game could be, a, you know, a 14. What if it's 35-21 in the fourth quarter? You're probably going to cover because the Packers are going to get the backdoor touchdown and you're going to lose by, well, they might go for two with the whole the thing with the uh, going for two when you're down 14 and you get a touchdown. But the point is there's a lot of backdoor possibilities here. There's a lot of just Packers hanging in the game. I like the Packers plus the seven and a half. I'm not impressed enough with Dallas's defense that they're just going to shut the Packers down. I don't believe it. You know that A.J. Dillon is on a leaflet? Do you know that? He's on a what? He's on a leaflet. He's on. He's a tribesman. Jewish. A.J. Dillon. Really? Yeah, didn't know it till this week. No. And, and like a really like strong power one, too. So just one. Really? Oh, yeah. Does that right. affect your handicap for the game? Oh, how it does. You have no idea. Sure does. By the way, if, if a Dallas. Oh, by the way, Uwe, if, if Uwe Pooey over. Go ahead. Sorry, go. Uwe Pooey, what about IUPUI? What? 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 I took him over 138 earlier, just in case you want to root along with us while you're listening to this after the game. Great information for those listening to it tomorrow. Great information. <laughs> uh, if, the, if the Packers win this outright, will Jerry Jones fire Mike McCarthy? Uh, yes. I agree. I think it I think will. You never I know. They kept, they kept... Waiting for, I think Belichick is waiting for that one, isn't he? I think so. 
I think that's Garrett way longer than we expected. But yeah, with Belichick waiting in the wings, that that might be change things. Last guy I want Washington hiring as their head coach. I just I just don't understand why. Like, what's the allure? He has. I mean. Because Josh Harris was linked to him. I'm like, no, Belichick shouldn't. I know it's close to Annapolis. Come on, stop. He's not. Gonna... I don't think that makes sense for Belichick, too. I, think I, I agree with you. Go somewhere where the, the quarterback is set, the offense is set, and he can I just agree. You know, fill in the defense. And yeah. I don't, like, as a football fan, I don't want to see Belichick go out like this. I'd like to see Belichick go to the Chargers. It sounds like it's going to be hardball, but I don't want it to end like this for, for Belichick. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I don't think it makes sense for him to go to Washington either. Uh, Will Hill, everybody, with the uh, the host of the should have bet more podcast where he has really improved on his initial guests of of gil yes. alexander and chris felica yeah don't think i didn't note that i've never been asked to be on that podcast. i was gonna ask you at some point soon here so that's uh <laughs> sure you are i would lose i'm just I, you, you ask him to come on i'm gonna i'm gonna give the keys he's gonna be his podcast before will, i know it uh, will you need you happen. need momentum before you get todd you gotta yeah. establish <laughs> and then you then you bring todd in by the way, for all of Todd's whining about Kansas City, Miami being on Peacock, which I agree is ridiculous, I will set the over-under at, like, five years. The Super Bowl will eventually be pay-per-view. Just, I, I guarantee you the Super Bowl will eventually be pay-per-view because they can make money off it. Enough people will get it. But, that, that will. Okay, but can we just talk about that for a second? It, football is different than every other sport in our culture, right? It's, yep. it's America. It is as embedded in the American culture as anything. Sure. All the other sports, eh, regional baseball, basketballs, sort of demographically skewed. Football is football. Don't you think, maybe I'm just being naive, and maybe you're right. Maybe it will be pay-per-view. But don't you think, like, that's that's the beginning of the end? Like, nothing is forever, right? I agree. Like, b- boxing died probably because of that. And it's boxing was much. huge. It's, it's too much. No, I agree. It's too much. Yeah, but boxing I, died. I totally boxing died because it went pay per view. Like so, the athletic. Like I use it this way: the athletic started ten years too late. Right? We all read newspapers until like fifteen years ago. Right? And the athletic started what five years ago? Yeah. So it started ten years too late, in all likelihood. Like the athletic does okay, but it's not going to do great because it started ten years too late. Boxing. Boxing did pay-per-view before we all, like we all do pay-per-view now. We all have streaming services, but, and boxing would have been fine if it hung on until now because we all do streaming services. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a timing issue. I think if it goes to pay-per-view now, it'll be fine because we all do pay-per-view stuff. We're all willing to pay five bucks for something now. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I I think it'll be fine when it goes to pay-per-view now. I don't think it'll change our behavior because we are men of a certain age. But I do yeah. think about a 22-year-old who may not be as acclimated to that life, right? It was like, I, gotta I don't know. My kids, my kids will spend $5 on, some, on Robux or whatever on their little, like, iPad. You know, dad, 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 you know, I need this, I need this like, you know, skateboard <laughs> on my artificial game. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll buy the Super Bowl for 5 bucks. Okay. Well, yeah, is it only going to be 5 bucks? Are you, are you counting on that price? 5 bucks? I mean, but yeah, I, I think so. Like microtransactions is like what the world is built. Gonna oh, be built okay. Because in my head, yeah. I was thinking like sixty nine ninety nine for the Super Bowl oh. kind of thing. Turn too I many people so. off with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's my pick. So I'll, I will go here. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the narrative. I'll lay the Chiefs minus the four and a half. Sure, four or four and a half. It's kind of split. 
I'm going to say four. I think it. I think more right. fours. Yeah. I'll lay the four here. A short week for Miami. All the injuries. There's two things that Tua struggles with, and I think it's more than a struggle. They're fatal flaws. That is struggles in the cold. And Eric referenced the game last year in Buffalo where he actually played pretty well. But remember, that Buffalo game was supposed to be like a blizzard, and actually it ended up being where the weather was kind of tame. It was not that much wind. It wasn't that cold. It was like 29, 30 degrees. This is going to be different, single digits. So he struggles in the cold, and he struggles with pressure. I think Spagnuolo will be able to apply pressure on him. We know this is not a vintage Chiefs team, but to me, they've had a mini buy to rest. Hills banged up for the, for the Dolphins here. They're so beat up. Uh, Kansas City winning this game by a touchdown, you know, 20 to 13 seems like a pretty realistic outcome. What? It was 21-14 in Germany. So give me the Chiefs here minus the four. All right. I am going to – this is going to be such a flimsy explanation for this handicap. But I'm flimsy on this, but I'm taking it. On Monday night, I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles minus the three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I bet it at two and a half, but it's available now at three consensus. Correct, Todd? Three. Um, I have it in pocket Philly plus three. <laughs> you have it in pocket plus three? That's a good number. I'm, make, I'm oh. making a joke about how you know they always say, oh, well, I have it in pocket. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. No, I had the minus two and a half from earlier in the year. I have minus three. Look, I get it. Philadelphia is just awful. Their defense is particularly terrible. Uh, I have theories. I have not said this on the radio. This is convincing, by the way. I know. So far, so good, right? Uh, I also don't think Jalen Hurts is an inspiring. Like, I have an opinion about Jalen Hurts that I don't think is popular, which is I look at, like, all the quarterbacks in the league, like, and I won't even talk about the obvious ones, but, like, if you're with the skins, like, Sam Howell takes so much punishment that you love playing with him. Uh, You know, Kirk Cousins, same thing. He takes so much punishment. You love playing with him in Minnesota. Um, Lamar Jackson makes plays that nobody else plays for. I love playing with you, Lamar. I just wonder what the Jalen Hurts thing is. He's not a particularly inspiring leader uh, in a press conference. I don't get the impression he is in the locker room. I don't know what his true talent is anymore because he looks a step slower. I just don't know if that team feels great about him. That's a hunch. I don't know that for a fact. But then all of that, I still say to myself, when I power rank these playoff teams, I got Tampa Bay 14th, man, and I got Philly like 10th. And I have to believe Philly has, even with the A.J. Brown injury and with the Jalen Hurts finger injury, I have to believe this team can push to, uh, took us push their way to a victory here against Tampa, right? Because every time I look up, Tampa's barely scoring. Baker Mayfield looks hurt. There's nothing about this team that looks any good to me at all. Philly has to be able to win this in cover, right? Right? That's my handicap for this game. That's all I got. Tommy DeVito just beat him by like 14 touchdowns. I understand that. I do. I really do. But, like, can they be this bad this quickly? Like, we thought, uh, uh, we, we talked about, Will, Chris, uh, Felica, and I were texting about, what's the historical equivalent? And Felica threw out the 86 Jets. The 86 Jets were 10-1. and one. Everybody thought they were great. I think Paul McGuire, famously on NBC, predicted they would lose their last five games. They did. And then he also predicted they would win their wild card game. They did. Behind Pat Ryan, not Ken O'Brien. Then they succumbed in the divisional round double overtime to, uh, I think, the Bernie Kosar-led Cleveland Brownies. I think this Eagles team will mimic that. I think they will win this wild card game. 
The Steelers had a season like that in the 80s, too, where they were like 9 or 10 and 1 and then completely fell apart, I think, with Cliff Stout at quarterback. But, uh, Cliff yeah, no, Stout. I had like that like two years ago. Who yeah, did? even the, the COVID the COVID year with the Steelers a couple years ago, they were 10-0, 11-0, then they lost four out of five and lost in the Browns in the first round. That, oh, that right. Remember Washington beat them on like a Tuesday afternoon Monday during COVID? Game, yeah. yeah. Chase Young had a game or something. Um Okay. By the way, before you do your second, um, Gilly, you know, there was a lot of talk about this whole kneel down thing with Jameis Winston and then the touchdown and everything. Yes. Nobody even said anything about the Detroit Lions also were in a situation where they could have easily just kneeled down and they were trying to get Reynolds a touchdown and they kept throwing it to him and throwing it to him. And first of all, two things. Number one, I don't remember seeing this before in the NFL. When the game is over, when there's no timeouts left and you're at two minutes or below, everyone takes a knee. They don't care if you're on the half-yard line. They don't, there's no James Franklin bullshit in the National Football League. The game is over. You're professionals. So now all of a sudden, Jameis Winston decides to change or the team changed the player or whatever. But no one even talked about it. The Lions did it too. I can't imagine this happening even once. It happened twice on the same day. You're right, man. You're you're right about that. Well, and the Jameis thing obviously was exacerbated because they went into victory formation and faked out of it, right? So, so so it was like it was insubordination, and then they did that. So it was like doubly ridiculous. But you're right that Dan Campbell kind of skated with that, and I I took a lot of incoming for this Monday morning because you know everybody now has the opinion. Right, like the Tiki Barbers, and then you hear people parroted on sports talk radio and sports betting radio. They're like, "Oh, if you if you want to stop us, then you stop us on the field. It's football." And I'm I love like, "That voice." Thank you. That's uh, Todd's uh, football coach voice. I, I always, I, I fucking can't stand that because, again, I know I'm a thousand fucking years old, but when I was a kid, right, and Joe Gibbs was up forty-one nothing or forty-five to nothing against the Lions on opening night, and we had the ball at the one-yard line. We, by the way, I played for. You'd kneel. That's what you do, right? There's something In called basketball. There's something called the dribble out. Yes. If they're dribbling the ball out, you don't run up and try to steal the ball and 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 you know try to get a layup. It, that's just the game is over. We're we're living in a civilized society, Jerry. <laughs> the game yeah. is over. The basketball thing is funny because there is like a quid pro quo there where you're like, okay, well they ran it out. Now does that mean that right. does that mean we can't take a random three pointer at the end? So it's a funny not under thirty plus, seconds. Plus, if the guy's the last one to hold the ball, it goes as a turnover on his record. So a lot of times they'll just pass <laughs> yeah, just, it real quick at the right. last second. Like, Here, you take Here, it, you Jim. Take turnover. That's but right. Fake kneel down is a whole other thing, though, because yes. I heard Damian Woody on Ryan Rousseau's podcast. Like, man, this is so out of bounds. Victory formation. It, there's an unwritten rule. Like, all right, you're running in uh, from a normal formation. You could talk about running up the score. I wouldn't do it, but I don't get too worked up. Victory formation, there's like an injury concern where, hey, you're not playing, I'm not playing. Then you come firing off the ball and run a play, run the ball. Like that, somebody could have got hurt doing that. Yeah, that's what Shannon Sharp's point was. Yeah, where it's just that's beyond egregious. And by the way, like, how is Jameis still on the team? You got to cut him immediately, right? Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. You got the other coach screaming at me correctly, by the way. Yep. Um, Anyway. Oh, I snake. We're still snaking with it, too. Yeah, we're snaking with the two. All right, well, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the points. Whoa! Holy yeah. cow! I'm not saying now. I'm not sprinkling on the money line. We had Drew Dinsick on this week. He's sprinkling on the money line. I'm not. I'm not going that fast. That that far. We're giving you ten, right? You're giving me ten. 
Uh, this is one of these, so, you know, we talk about the temperature in Kansas City. The wind here is the issue. 30 to 50, depending on, you know, we'll get Kevin Roth on, on ANG tomorrow with Roto-Grinders with his Doppler. Tell us what the latest is. But it's like 30 to 50 miles per hour. We always say like 20 is that point where it's like, okay, this might affect the passing game. This is This reminds me of that Buffalo-New England game. Remember where Lombardi quote-unquote, violently disagreed with me on the air about the, the nature of the wins, if they were crosswinds or trade wins or whatever the fuck uh, he was mad about. So we, this, is the, uh, this is one of these where if it's windy enough, it legitimately evens the playing field. And I get it that Buffalo's best play is still Josh Allen tucking it under and running. But if this is like, if Mason Rudolph and Josh Allen as passers become neutralized and it becomes just a scrum versus scrum battle, you're giving me 10 points with a total of 36. I'll take the 10 every time. It's not like a huge vote in favor of the Steelers as, oh, I think they can upset the Bills, but they have a better chance of upsetting them in these conditions than they would otherwise, in my opinion. So I'm taking the 10. What do you think about that, Yinzer? I mean, I hear what you're saying. I can't really argue with what you're, you know, you, what you're saying out there about us because, you know, we can't throw the ball, and we'd much rather just give it to Najee and that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Najee and that. <laughs> All right, uh, Will, what you got? Pittsburgh Steelers plus ten. Yeah, I think this line is just artificially inflated a little bit because I think they're trying. I think it's teaser protection. I think at nine and a half, people say, "Oh, I could do a seven point teaser." Bills probably put it with the Cowboys. I think they're just jacking a little high again to half a point. But for all the reasons you mentioned, wind, low scoring. I mean, this is still a Bills team that I know they ran the table here, but they just leave you feeling a little bit empty. The Chargers game was close. The Patriots game was close. Rudolph's actually. Giving them like a formidable, uh, the Steelers a formidable quarterback here. They've got some presence in terms of, you know, he's so much better than Trubisky. You, you wonder how they watch practice and said, all right, we'll put Trubisky in over Rudolph. Rudolph's actually serviceable, I guess. I don't know. 10 points is a lot for a playoff game. Tomlin is a dog. You hate him as a favorite. You know, he loses his games at home to the Patriots, the Cardinals. You write him off. He's bad as a favorite, but he's always been good as a dog. So close game, I would think a close game-ish. So I'll take the 10 here. Again, okay. it's hard to pick from six. Yeah, it is hard to pick from six. That's why we keep it to two. Dad, what's your second one? Um, Dad, wish it's them. Just, it's really, it's really tough to pick these. By the way, I another again, thing you might want to look at during these games that I've started to look at is um, they have an over under for how many touchdowns a team will score in a game. And, you know, a lot of times team totals can be difficult because you don't know if they're going to get field goals or not. But if you see, like, especially in these win games, if you see that this has just become a ridiculous scrum, go ahead and bet the team totals under the touchdowns. You know, it might be like under one and a half touchdowns, minus 145 or something at that point. Like you could get the, the Patriots under one and a half touchdowns against the Jets in that absolute muck of snow. Um, at minus 160, you know, I was trying to get it in the second quarter there. You can kind of get an idea of what's happening. If you see that they can't throw the ball at all, it's going to be hard to get touchdowns. So, you know, it, you should be keeping an eye on that, those those in-game markets on the on the touchdowns. I feel like they're easier than the team totals. Isn't but anyways, this, isn't this that, great, though, that we have this? Like, instead of, you know, Houston and Dallas and Detroit, right, you're in antiseptic environments the fact that we have these games in buffalo and kc so it's awesome it makes football so great anyway go ahead sorry i'm gonna go with the los angeles rams plus three i get three right you get three because i've got 
three. Los Angeles Rams plus the three. Um, you know, the Detroit Lions on defense don't strike me as that great. And their offense is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just think that you got to think McVeigh knows where Goff's, you know, trouble lies, if it does. And, uh, I mean, I got Stafford. I get Stafford. He's good. Stafford, I believe he won a Super Bowl, I believe. I'm not positive, but I'm almost sure that he did win the Super Bowl. I'll check on that. Let me and check now on that. he's yeah. going. Yeah, he won the Super Bowl. He's a, he's a good quarterback. I really like what the Rams do with that Kyron Williams. I think they'll move the ball on the Lions. And the Lions just, I mean, I feel like they're a step below elite. And so, you know, anything can happen in their games. They can almost lose to anybody. They can almost beat anybody. I'm going to get the three points in a playoff game. I get Stafford. I get the McVay factor that he knows Goff is trouble, you know, trouble spots. Give me the Rams plus the three. I'm going to give you a choice, multiple choice. What What is the most likely of these events to happen? Tua throws a game-clinching pick. Joe Flacco finally has a stinker. Um, oh, that's coming. Or Dan Campbell makes a horrible coaching decision late in the Lions game to kill the Lions season. What's the most likely of those three events? Can I just do a three-team parlay of all of them happening? Yeah, I'll, go, right. I'll go Flacco, but it's close. I could, you could talk me into any of them. Dr. Eager, sir, what is your second? Well, I hate to agree with Todd. Um, <laughs> Why kidding. do you hate I to actually, agree with I like to agree with Todd. Todd's a smart guy. Um, uh, and I and I hate to go oppo of Gill um, because oh. I actually like Tampa Bay. But so I'm going to go Los Angeles. I'm going to be at this game. I'm going to be rooting for the Lions. However, my head and my heart disagree. I'm going to go with Rams plus three at minus 101. Uh, at, a, at a, I think you can get minus 101 uh, at a certain book. Uh, I agree with all the stuff Todd said. Um, the middle of the field. Uh, I know the Lions took a linebacker in the first round, Jack Campbell. Um, and, but the middle of the field is a disaster for them defensively. I think Puka Nakua might get 100 yards just Puka over baby. the middle. Of the I think he might just get 100 yards over the middle of the field, uh, him and Cup. Um, Stafford is a is the better quarterback. Uh, McVay should – I think Stefanski earned coach of the year for having five quarterbacks and winning 11 games. But uh, Sean McVay in many ways is the coach of the year as well, in my opinion. Um, defensively, uh, Donald – uh, is a you know I think Donald does quite a bit for that team still, uh, so yeah uh, I think Rams plus three uh, I think it should be more like two. So I should have added to my multiple choice and Mike McCarthy making a stupid end of game decision where his defense ends up bailing him out for and Dallas still wins. Um, by the way, five quarterbacks for the Browns and they make the playoffs. Five starting quarterbacks. Last team to have five starting uh, five starting quarterbacks and make the playoffs. Anybody? Anyone? I think it's the first get, first ever, right? What's that? No, first second ever, right? second second ever. The nineteen. I, like I heard this, but I can't remember. The nineteen hundred eighty-four Chicago Bears, the okay, year yeah, before the Super Bowl shuffle team. Let's see if I can remember any of them. Steve Fuller or was he one of them? Steve Fuller was the one who started the playoff game. How and, about Mike Tomzak? Was he one of them? No. How about Doug Flutie? No. You already lost. You didn't get all Man. five. 
How about McMahon? Well, you don't you don't get seventy five picks. Yes, Jim McMahon was the uh, de facto star. By the way, by the way, do you think he started Driscoll? Do you think he started a fifth one just to like I don't know, just to run up the stat kind of like I will just throw this guy because you have other guys you use. Do you think he did that just to do it? How can I be coach of the year? Run Let up. me start some rando. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it was uh, it was McMahon. It was Fuller. It was Greg, an Except aging Greg Landry who was like thirty eight years old. Um, seven. Rusty Lish was one of them. And, oh, Bob Avellini. Bob Avellini was the fifth. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Steve Fuller was the one who started the playoff game. The only team to ever beat the Skins at RFK in a postseason game was that 84 Bears team. I stared in horror. I couldn't process it. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Which brings us to the teaser of the week. There are two natural Wong teasers. You don't have to stick with those, of course. We'll take away your sharp card if you don't. Kidding. Kidding. Eric, what is your favorite two-team teaser? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> you sort of have to go um, at this point with, you know, Dallas down to minus one and a half and Texans up to eight and a half. Um, it's exactly mine. I, that that those are the only. That's the one. You know, you you lose your sharp card. I think if you if you don't take that one, so that's mine. Dad, you straying? Yes, because you don't get the thirteen and five on teasers by just doing what the math tells you. That gets you to eleven and seven. <laughs> you want to get the thirteen and five? You have to show some artistry. This is what I try to explain to Mister Fezzik all the time. Sure, math wins. Don't get me wrong. You're gonna win, but are you gonna win with panache? No, you're not. Uh, Dallas minus. He is okay. So you guys have both of you have Dallas minus one and a half and Houston plus eight and a half. Yes, is that right? Yes. Okay. Just like so to, I would Eric. just I would I'm just like to read the definition of panache flamboyant confidence of style or manner. I'll give you panache. The Pitt Panthers were down 25 at the half. And I said, should I take him here? Plus 23 and a half against Duke last night. I said, no, I'm going to wait until they get even further behind. They got down 30. They were getting 29 and a half. And that's when I jumped on them. And that's what, and they ended up losing by 25. That's called panache. Flamboyant is what that was. Yes. 
Now, um, who am I going to take? I'm going to take... Um, Ooh, it's just so hard. I'm going to take the Rams up to nine, right? Rams plus nine. And my second one, uh, I guess I'm going to take the Buccaneers up to nine. I'll tell you, that was a lot of things. Panache was not one of them with that kind of flair right there. Rams and Bucks, that's what you did? I mean, I know, I know that obviously you guys are right with what the correct um, teaser is. I just don't trust. There's something that tells me that you can't trust Dallas, and I have no idea with this Houston team, especially because they got absolutely blown out by the Browns. Now, granted, um, Stroud wasn't playing that game, but that that really set off the alarm bells for me. I hope that game's entertaining. There's a scenario where that game is a snore. Uh, Will, your favorite two-team teaser. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it in Texas. I'll go Cowboys and Texans. Toss up between I, you made a good point about Bucks Eagles, where there's such a wide variety of outcomes. I mean, I know we're all down on Philly, but man, Tampa was dying to give that Carolina game away. Oh. I was rooting for Carolina. I had Saints futures and stuff. Man, Carolina, that is a painful experience. Every three yards is like pulling teeth, then they get a holding penalty in their drive shot. Guy fumbles out at the one. So I wasn't impressed with Tampa. I don't know how healthy Baker is. So I will go Houston and I will go Dallas. Yeah. Three of Plus us. Plus the Panthers, by the way. Let's <laughs> just throw that in there. DJ, yes. DJ Chark leaping, oh. leaping into the end zone. And Antoine Winfield. By the way, I, I'm, I'm liking your guys' Steelers pick more and more. And I'll tell you why. I've, I've been down on the, on the Yinzers for many years because their offensive line couldn't block. Something happened the last couple of weeks where they maybe they changed the scheme of the running game. Somebody, I saw somebody was saying they're doing less like traps and stuff. They're doing more like straight ahead zone blocking or something. But something has shifted where they can actually get holes for Najee Harris and for Warren to run through. And, um, we hadn't seen that for years. I mean, for years, it was just hand the ball to Najee. We're going to get two yards in a cloud of dust. We're going to be second and eight in that. Oh. But all of a sudden, they're getting yards running the ball. And, and, it's, and it's, it's kind of surprising. And if that's the case, in a scrum game, if it's just going to be you line up, you take Yearn and, and beat Hizen, and you take Hizen and beat Yearn, as Big Bum Phillips used to say, it's just going to be who can push the other day. Plus ten is like it's it's gargantuan, gargantuan. <laughs> That's more than gargantuan. It's gargantuan. Bum Phillips with some great quotes. What was the uh, like uh, reason he doesn't throw is because two of the three things are bad. Uh, there were some <laughs> other ones where he had that were so. There's great. one with like Earl Campbell. He goes, "Why don't you make Earl run the uh, oh. run the one mile run?" Yeah. He goes, "Well, when it's first in a mile, I'll be sure to give it to him. <laughs> I mean, I'll be sure not." give it to him. <laughs> sure not to give it to him. Um, and, and I think Bum Phillips said he used to wear his hat. He, he wore that big cowboy hat, except when they played in the dome, because his mother always taught him it's rude to wear a hat indoors, so he didn't wear the hat in the dome. Did he take off the hat in the dome? Did he? I think so. Really? I think so. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that but at you all. You know the, the things that people put these little clips up of football from the old days, which I love on Twitter, you know, you and I get stuck in a vortex. Me I'm too. watching like Me too. Chicago Bears 1973, you know, blah, blah, blah. This, they, they had the other day the Steelers 
uh, 25 years ago, Houston Oilers at the Steelers in the AFC Championship, and the, the controversial play, Pastorini throws it to Renfro, Renfro in the corner of the end zone, yeah. clearly caught the ball inbounds if we would have had replay in those days. And they're even talking about it on the telecast. It's like, well, if we had replay, that probably would be called a touchdown. And the refs didn't even make a call. They didn't call touchdown. They didn't call incomplete. There was no call on the field at all. Then Jim Tunney, if you remember Jim, Jim Tunney, Tunney, got together with all the boys. They had like a five, ten-minute discussion. And then he comes out and he goes, incomplete. <laughs> and the Steelers fans go crazy. And Houston you know, still talks about it to this day. Couple, couple things there. One, your point about Najee Harris is great. Where it's like Najee Harris is about as close to a long-term bust, you know, that people don't refer to him as that. He he was just like two yards and nothing, if even. But two. I didn't think it was his fault. There was nowhere to run. Maybe, but Jalen Warren was doing a lot better than he was. In That's fairness, true. I'll give you that. and, yes, and Najee yeah. looks great now. And the other thing is that that stuff about looking at old football games. There is so much shit that is like in football lore that now you're like, oh, that would have never like. The Super Bowl twelve with the Broncos and the uh, and the Cowboys. Golden Richards catches this, what was called a touchdown from Roger Staubach. He had the ball for like zero point zero four three seconds. It would never <laughs> have been a touchdown today. And there's all kinds of things in NFL history like that. Um, all right, final two questions. The abridged version for Wild Card Week because there's only six games and there's only two games where the spread is of any size that it would apply to this question, but I'll, I'll just bring it to those two games. Between the Bills being favored over the uh, Steelers in that weather as 10-point favorites and the Cowboys, 7.5-point favorites at home against the uh, Packers in the next game on Sunday, first two games on Sunday, which of those two, the Bills or the, or the Cowboys, in your opinion, Eric, if I come to you from the future and I said, one of those teams lost outright, who is that team? The Bills. Because of the weather. No, I think no team steps on their own dick more than the Bills. <laughs> I love it. Like, Isn't that what Chris Berman used to say all the time? Isn't that what was his catch line? <laughs> no, like, but nobody the Bills, steps on their own dick like the Buffalo. <laughs> the Bills, I, I, the Bills had 473 <laughs> yards on Sunday night, and the Dolphins had 275. Yeah, like it was, it, it was egregious it was the work like yeah josh allen's amazing he's awesome he had 15 rushing touchdowns this year and like 40 some odd passing touchdowns and yet when he gets in the red zone you're holding your breath if you if you want you know what i'm saying totally it's the same thing every game the half the halftime yardage in that game just to be uh accurate was where where do i have this 290 hold on let me get this yeah, Buffalo had uh, 290 yards of offense at halftime of that game. 286 against the Dolphins, and they were in a dog. They were trailing 14 to seven because of that botched end of half situation with the Bills. That's so great. They're starting to become like the Chargers. Remember when the Chargers were a good team and they would always screw it up at the end of the game or some wacky thing would happen. They're starting to become like that. That you know the, the Bills are starting to become like that old Charger team. Nobody steps on their dick like the Buffalo Bills. Rumbling, stumbling. <laughs> Come on, we stepped on his own dick and it's a fumble. I'm turning into wish steps rubbing off on me. As he swallows his saliva at the end of the sentence. All right, and then the uh, – oh, by the way, did everybody answer this? No. Uh, Todd. I I'm with 
I'm with. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, Will. You're with Eric. No, I agree. I agree. It's yeah. the Bills. They're just high variance. All the turnovers with Allen. Who knows with them? I agree. And, and Dallas is so good at home. I, I would. Ag- I would agree with the Bills, Todd. You, McDermott you? can get tight too. Dallas, McDermott will punt fourth and one for midfield stupid stuff. Wait, let, let, what Will just said. McDermott can get tight. You said. Yeah, he get conservative. You know, punt on fourth and two, run the ball. He gets. He gets a little conservative in these spots. Todd. I mean, I agree with you guys. I think there's no reason why the Bills couldn't lose. I just think Mason Rudolph, I mean, he'd still, I know even if it's a scrum game, is still, the quarterback still has to sometimes do something. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I don't even, I know Mason Rudolph looked okay, but he's looked okay because we're running the ball. You know, and uh, I just, I don't know. I don't trust Mason Rudolph. I'm, I'm going to go with Dallas to lose because I, I I think Jordan loves the real deal all of a sudden. I have gone 180 degrees on that guy. Yes, you have. Uh, I've said this on the radio many times, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast, which is all of my futures bets, by the way, I'm in the tank for the Niners. I'm in the tank for the Ravens. It's not the sexiest, but I have have the Niners and Super Bowl exactas beating the Bills, the Chiefs, and the um, Ravens. I got them earlier in the year. I think the Bills is the longest one, like 25 to 1. So those are the three teams I have them beating. I also, just protection, have the Ravens beating the Niners in a Super Bowl exacta. And I also have any combination of the Ravens and the Niners with Iga Sviantek to win the Australian Open. And in some ones where I get frisky, I also put Novak Djokovic in there. So I am like, this is the, the cross-sport parlay January of chalkiness for me you wouldn't believe. Like I am wait, in. wait, Gil, I'm hearing something from the future oh, coming in no, here. Oh, here we go. NFC Championship game. The Los Angeles Rams are here in San Francisco. Down 28-22. Stafford with the ball at the Niners. 19-yard line. Six seconds to play. Stafford back to pass. He looks over the middle. The ball's tipped. Up. The Koa has it. The Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl. Holy cow. Was that the Rams getting to the Super Bowl? Or was that the Hindenburg blowing up? Which was that? <laughs> Oh, the humanity! Um, by the way, I told the uh, I told the Howard Stern, Gilbert Gottfried, Abe Hirschfeld story on the radio this morning, Todd. I thought you'd appreciate that. A ten year, a ten year old boy at the Friars Club. <laughs> so great! All right, final question. People got hard outs. We got to get out of here. Six wild card weekend games. Remember, we reseed when we get to the division round. So. We don't know who the Ravens or the Niners are going to play. We don't know any of the matchups. It's going to depend on who wins what. Six games, Eric. You must bet a side in five of them. There is one game, though, that you get a free pass on. Which is the game that you want no part of, sir? Cowboys-Packers. Really? My my number is 7.75 in that game. Well, that would make that the answer for sure. Dodd? Browns against the Texans. I'm I'm a little worried about... Like, yeah, I just feel like Flacco could easily I'm st- I'm getting flashbacks to that Bears game where Flacco threw those interceptions and the Bears should have won. If they would have done one more play, the Bears would have won that game and the Browns got really lucky to win. And now Stroud is back, maybe Stroud in that. But on the other hand, I have Browns blowing them out a couple weeks ago without Stroud. So I, I just I don't know what to do there. I'm, I'm, I, I'm confused. Willie? If you bet on the Bucks Eagles game and you lose, you're going to feel like an idiot because both these teams just have all sorts of issues. I just, I, Philly's got more upside than Tampa, but I don't want any part of Philly. I don't love this Tampa team. Philly, Tampa, 
is a pretty easy pass, except for the fact that it's on Monday night. It's a standalone game. It's a playoff game, so you have to bet on it. You're required to bet on it. It um, is. It is but, law. But that's a tough one. It is law. I believe it's in the Constitution, I believe. Uh, I think it's Houston-Cleveland for me. I think that's one that's going to be pretty hard to determine. Like, I'm not as in the tank for Cleveland as a lot of people are. Um, I mean, Flacco can blow up the whole game himself. Yeah. Sure. So we'll see. I mean, they do have the best unit on the field for sure in that defense, but we'll see. Um, the bets that I have in uh, – the, the ones that I like the best, though, are the ones I said. Yeah, that's the one I would would want the least, I think, at this point, as we do this on Wednesday morning. This, by the way, is our postseason schedule. We'll do the division round next week on Wednesday as well. Um, we might have multiple guests on that one. We shall see. And then uh, we'll do the championship week on Wednesday. Then we'll do the Vegas Lifestyle, the annual Vegas Lifestyle podcast in between the championship game and the Super Bowl uh, right here in Vegas. We'll do that podcast the Wednesday before as well. That's the rest of the schedule. All right. Uh, Will Hill, his latest again, is uh, his latest podcast. It's called uh, Should Have Been More. You can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Todd Wishnev at T Wishnev. Where are you still signing people up for college basketball? Yes, no? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've I've got a lot of people who want to get in on the WhatsApp group, but probably because my college basketball is doing amazing. I'm up about 47 units right now in college basketball with one unit bet. So wow. now my college football was horrible. I, you know, my I I had I had gotten out of negative by uh, bowl season, and then I just buried myself in bowl season. But my college basketball is doing outstanding. Uh, at T Wishnev, if you send me your phone number and put WhatsApp on your uh, on your uh, send me a DM with your phone number. Put WhatsApp on your phone. I will add you as soon as I get around to adding more people because it does take time, and I'm just one guy. You're just one guy, really? Wow. Well, I'm actually if if I had Eric Eager's numbers, I would say I'm I'm more like 1.63 of a guy, but that's uh, that's for another question, you know. All right, and Dr. Eric Eager, who uh, has just enduring constant incoming from Todd, shots fired right there at the. End. I love Dr. Eager. Come on, the guys. I wouldn't go after a guy as hard if I didn't think he was. You know how we have some guys on here that are a bit insecure and you can't really name take em. shots. Who? Name them. Give us names. In that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I like that about Todd and Todd likes that yes. about me. Oh, see, see, Eric took the Dr. Bob approach where he denies any hostility taking. But Dr. Bob's like, I love Todd. I'm like, you don't love Todd. First of all, I'm the guy who said that Dr. Eager was right about the Chiefs when we were all wrong. So you forget that when I gave him effusive praise. Todd, I did get a text or two from people who are like, here, this guest was 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 heaping praise on you. And Todd just refused to let him heap praise on you. I did get a couple of those. First of all, Willie was saying the same things that I was saying. <laughs> and you don't say anything about old Willie. Willie just goes scot-free because he's a quiet they guy. Didn't, they didn't mention Will in the tweets. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, right. Can we... I always have to be the, okay. the bad guy. You are the bad guy. <laughs> in stone. Uh, Dr. Eric Eager is vice president at, Super, at, uh, pardon me, at Sumer Sports, S-U-M-E-R, sports. Uh, once again, the, uh, the playoff preview can be had where, Eric? Sumersports.com. Sumersports.com. How many pages again is it? It's huge. 125. Damn. 125. Okay. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, good luck with all your bets. This should be a fun weekend, wild card weekend. Good luck with all your bets. And thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.